Hello, everyone, and welcome back to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today, I have a phenomenal guest, Dr. Jazz, also known as Jasmine Sandoval. She is going to talk to us about behind the scenes with Comfort Kills Media, mm -hmm. as well as all the incredible things that she's working on. But you know what? I'm going to let her introduce herself to you all because who better can talk about her than she can welcome jazz <laughs> thank you thank you so much genesis it's so great seeing you again since our show and just following you along on social media and everything so i really appreciate you having me here today um so as genesis mentioned i am dr jazz aka jasmine sandoval and i am the host and creator of comfort kills um i wear a couple of different hats but i think what we're here for today is just to kind of talk about behind the scenes stuff with comfort kills and just how it's really gotten me to where i am today with just realizing myself what started as a passion project ended up being just so much more than what I could have envisioned or imagined um, on learning about myself on a much, much deeper level. So super excited to be here today. So Dr. Jazz, because you worked hard to get those degrees. So do you want me to just call you Dr. Jazz or do you want to be just call you Jazz or Jasmine? <laughs> you can call me whatever makes you happy. Dr. Jazz is my stage name. I figured if I got the degree, I earned it. I, I put the money into it. I might as well use it somewhere um, because we definitely don't use it at work as often as we should. Um, so Jasmine's fine with me. <laughs> you know what? I'll just do Dr. Jazz because, ooh, I like the power behind that. Yes. So you are... <laughs> are definitely a force to be reckoned with Thank because you. when I saw you online, I think we met on Instagram, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I said, Ooh, comfort kills media. What is this about? And I was like, okay, comfort can kill you by remaining mm -hmm. in your comfort zone. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I want you to unpack the name okay. of and why you chose Comfort Kills Media, and what's the, sim uh, the symbolic message that's tied to it? Okay, okay, so Comfort Kills um, really started off as Comfort Kills Ambition, and every time I start a new project, my husband always says I get a little bit too long-winded with the name, so he helped me condense it down to just Comfort Kills. Um, our my, my logo also has an EKG, which is also known as a heartbeat rhythm in it as well. Um, being a healthcare professional, I felt like it was just very appropriate for me to just pay homage to my trade background there. Um, comfort kills really just means like what you were saying, it kills ambitions, it kills goals, it kills dreams. You know, remaining complacent will take you nowhere farther than you already are. Um, and, and complacency for me is pretty boring. You know, I'm always pushing myself to the max. I'm always pushing those around me to the max, whether it's my staff at work, whether it's my children at home, whether it's my husband and his career goals, always really just pushing those around me to inspire to do more than what they're already doing. Um, you know, and do what's within their their capability, right? So not really stretching yourself too thin, but just getting uncomfortable with being comfortable or getting comfortable with being uncomfortable so that you can really push forward and, and test those limits and break that barrier and that ceiling. Mm, beautiful. And with all the hats and stuff that you do wear, how do you really find that time to practice self-care and really be there for Dr. Jazz? Because being mm. a wife, being a mother, being a motivational speaker, in a sense, mm. running a podcast, you're doing so many different things where you're giving out to other people. How do you refuel Dr. Jazz to ensure that you're maintaining, maintaining that holistic mm -hmm. groundingness? 
Right, right. So as a nurse by trade, I think one of the things that we always preach, even to our new nurses that are coming on board in the profession is always have an outlet, right? Because you're going to come to work, you're going to have a stress, you may have a stressful day, you may have patients who are very sick, you may have patients who are dying. What is your outlet? So some people say I like to go to the gym, some people say I like to read, you know, for me, it's arts and crafts. So the more I can get into my creative mode, whatever that may be, that's what really drives me and fuels me to replenish and rejuvenate for the next. And, you know, running a podcast meeting people on my my show really is that that allows me to be creative and it allows me to meet so many different people from all walks of life and utilize that and, and then now having to do the post-production with the editing of the podcast with the editing of the videos even down to making intro videos for each and every person has been incredibly fun for me so I like to really just get onto like the the dorky techie side of me and, and and play with those because it really allows me to be very creative one of my recent guests that I am getting ready to interview that I did a um, his intro he does children's um, fantasy books and so his intro became really really fun because then I got to get very creative with how I did that and it was just incredibly for me that's that's where my outlet is so my outlet it may seem like work for others when it's like creating doing all this post-production stuff but for me I just love kind of seeing it all pieced together and come into fruition and it's like you you take all these raw items and put them together and then now you have this beautiful production so that's that's what fuels my fire. I love that. And if I could tell you your intro videos, as well as all the graphics you do are like boss, because I thought someone else did them for you. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, there she goes killing it again. And I was like, hopefully someday I will get up to that level, or I'm just going to have to call you and say, Dr. Jazz, can you help me out of this space? (laughs) Because it looks amazing. And you. you could just see the energy that you put into it and it really just speaks because you want something that grabs your audience attention but you also want them to have a glimpse of what you're getting ready to drop on them and you do a phenomenal job in that space. Thank you. Thank you. I I have so much fun and I want to make sure that I'm capturing the message properly. So asking for the bio and, and doing the pre meet and greet that I do with each of my guests really gets me, gives me like a tiny inside knowledge of who they are, because in those 10 to 15 minutes that we have our our meet and greet prior to actually moving forward with a recording, it allows me to hear a very quick cliff note of who you are and what's what you're passionate about and I take all those notes down and I take it into consideration when making my intro because whatever it is you told me in those 10 minutes is exactly what you want to share with the world so I have to take that 10 minute of information and like condense it down to less than a minute for the intro amazing and it really just shows that you really care about the person that you're bringing on to your show because you did the homework and you went the extra mile to really cultivate who they are. And whenever we talk about Comfort Kills Media, what is something that you had to learn along the way to give you the amount of success that you see today? What I really learned, um, starting my first episode, I think a lot of the space that I found myself in was a lot of people who were life coaches of some sort, career coaches, business coaches. A lot of them kind of came out of the woodworks. It's like, I want to be on your show. I wanted to be on your show. And I think what I did was I was asking the wrong types of questions. So after a couple of guests who came on, um, really just not really having, um, I think, let me rephrase this. 
the ones who had the most impactful messages to share all came from some kind of um, traumatic background. They took their trauma and they turned it into triumph. They took their pain and they turned it into purpose. And those were the ones who were really remarkable to me and really inspired me. And I felt like if it inspired me, it was gonna inspire the masses. And if we can change one life with their story, that's what we were going to do. And so I ended up finding myself interviewing those who, and you know, these were just stories. They just started sharing organically, whether they shared it on other shows or not. I had one who came um, out to say that she was molested as a child by a family member. And then that's what brought her to where she is today. And then I've had others who um, were raped at a very young age. I've had others who were cancer survivors, multiple cancer diagnoses um, surviving that. And so just so many people that the ones who really had um, some incredible story to share from their past were the ones who really took that and said, you know what, not today. I'm going to do what I'm going to do best. If my life is going to be cut short because of this, this, and that, I'm going to make it the best that I can. And they're like really just like gung-ho taking spearheading their life and taking it in the direction that they want to and not letting themselves be complacent, which was what I really learned was like super amazing about, um, about all of this. So it's been a real good learning process. That is amazing because it's in those learning processes where we begin to develop mentally, physically, mm -hmm. emotionally, and we really become who we were created to be because we're really being authentic mm -hmm. and we're holding as well as sharing space with other right. people who are on the same wavelength. So do you find it that since you started Comfort Kills Media, that people who you wouldn't have reached out to just started gravitating? to you and you're like wow okay this could be the universe or it could be divine intervention do you feel that I do I do and I've connected with all of my guests and I feel like you know what we were saying earlier I stay in touch with everybody I don't want you know we we've connected on such a vulnerable le level right they shared their story and in some cases I shared my story and I wasn't expecting to ever share my story I never expected to share certain things to the world and have it going on podcast platforms and YouTube but I did because it just felt right at the time and so I've definitely um kept in touch with every single person and learned so much along the way about them and then about myself in the process, which is what really kind of led me on to my next project. Um, and that I'm like in the works in my mind right now, but it's not pen to paper yet. <laughs> and that's where I want to take the conversation a little bit deeper. We're not just going to sit on the surface level, y'all. We're going to go deep diving with Dr. Jazz because she has a lot of gifts and talents that are inside of her that needs to be pulled out. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Jazz, thinking about your childhood, thinking about where you are now, and thinking about the family that you created of your own, yeah. how would you say that your upbringing was? And would you say your upbringing was good, bad, or it had some flaws, but you learned from that and it helped you strive for better? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. <laughs> Where do I start? No, my upbringing, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I think that, you know, my parents did a great job raising me. I felt like my mom did more of the work raising me. My mom and I got along really, really well. Um, the one thing about my parents is they were Vietnamese refugee. And so one of the things that they kept drilling into me over and over is, you know, we came to America for you to be successful. And now they're just kind of working the daily grind, paycheck to paycheck, doing what they can, but they 
have side hustles. They had an ice cream truck growing up. They had, my mom had like an in-basement tailoring shop that she would alter things for people growing up. Um, and then eventually that bloomed into a brick and mortar bridal shop that she ended up running for many years um, until, until the internet commerce, e-commerce and everything happened. And it kind of like, she went under for that. But she was, for 20 years or so, she ran a bridal shop, um, whether it was in our basement or a brick and mortar. Um, but being the only... Asian daughter in the household, I was forced to learn the trade. And so I think growing up, I had a little bit of animosity towards having to help run the business, having to help be the other seamstress that she relied on and didn't have a childhood, didn't have a teenage, um, like teenagehood growing up. And so I had animosity growing up, but it wasn't until later on in my adult life that I realized all the trades and all the tools that I learned doing that, you know, made me who I am today. It made me a serial entrepreneur. It made me look for opportunities everywhere I turned. So yes, growing up, I felt some type of way, um, but definitely as an adult now looking back retrospectively, I couldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. It was hard. It was, I wasn't out going to the movies with my friends. I was home, you know, for every hem that I sewed, I got two bucks, you know? And so it's like, I was making money. And, and my mom taught me, if you want to buy something, you better make that money. You better be hemming more skirts. You better be, you know, doing this and that. And so she really taught me that, um, you know, hard work comes with, with you, you put in the hard work, but you get your fruits of the labor really comes from that. You know, you don't just money isn't handed to you. It doesn't grow on trees. And so I was, I started with very humble beginnings and it kind of made me who I am today. And that's so important that we recognize the childhood and the upbringing, because as you mentioned, a lot of animosity was there, but it was during that animosity where you gained your strength and it was a yeah. building block for your foundation mm -hmm. to where you are now. And I could so relate to that, Dr. Jazz, because I'm Caribbean and South American background. So my parents came here mm -hmm. from um, the Caribbean and I've seen them, you know, work really hard to get to where they are. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of things that I saw my mother sacrifice on her personal desires to make sure that me and my brothers had what yeah. we wanted. And then my father came here from Curacao and he had to go to work with his dad. He had to do various things, mm -hmm. even though back home where they were, you know, their family was wealthy, but my dad always said, that's my parents' money, not mm -hmm. my money. Mm -hmm. And so he taught us the value of really working for yourself and et cetera. And even though life circumstances happen, you have to remember the roots that were instilled in you. And exactly. it's been so I really appreciate you just sharing that because there's someone that needs to know that no matter where you start, it's not going to be where you finish, but it's something that's ingrained in the lessons that you acquired. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> so now being a mother of two, mm -hmm. as well as a wife, how do you ensure that your family is living out their dreams and they're not shrinking to their per to their purpose? Because sometimes in life, someone may not know what their purpose is. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for validation in all the wrong places mm -hmm. instead of looking internally. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm really, really good at doing is intuitively seeing where somebody um, has lots of strengths. And I play to those strengths. You know, my husband, uh, retired army medic, 
has really, really great medical knowledge foundation. And so what I do is I just continue to like plant those seeds and say, you know, you would do really well doing this, this and that. And I think what I try to do is I paint a really pretty picture that I think I, you know, I believe that I can see in their future. And then I keep like kind of nudge and nudge and pushing them in that direction. Um, my son just graduated from high school as we discussed prior to, yeah. And so we, um, you know, he from the very beginning always knew he wanted to be an engineer, always knew he wanted to get into engineering. And that's exactly what he did. It was easy for him. He likes to, he kind of like gave himself a prescribed path and just went that direction. And it, it's working out for him. And I hope and wish him the best when he goes off to college now in September. My daughter loves, and she's sitting right here. <laughs> She absolutely. Hi. <laughs> she said hi. <laughs> she can't hear, but um, she she definitely is more like me. She's kind of like, I want to do this and this and this and this. So she has all these amazing ideas, and I'm like, all right, girl, let's reel it back a little bit. Let's really focus, right? Because one time we sat at dinner, and I asked everybody around the table if you can name like, what's my one flaw that you can name? You know, what is it? And so one of the things, or the thing that she said about me was chasing the American dream. And I said, well, how can that be a flaw? But it's because I feel like, I think she felt like, and I, I agree to some extent that I'm always constantly chasing the American dream and looking for so many different opportunities that I might be stretched a little too thin. And so, you know, that's exactly the same way she's going, but she, she's, she's very smart. She's very witty. And, and what I'm trying to do is help her find something. But I think I, she's like me. She also is very strong willed. The more I try to put her into like this box that she presumes I'm putting her in, the more she goes, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this instead. So she goes the other direction. Um, but even just with my staff, because I'm a, a nurse leader at work, that's what I do too. If somebody expresses, or if somebody shows really tremendous leadership skills, I will tell them, I think you have leadership in your future. Continue doing what you're doing, continue being curious, continue pushing forward. Or, um, if somebody expresses that they, you know, they, they want to continue to progress, but they see themselves more like going down the education route. So, and then I, you know, I always try to like dig deep and I'm like here, and then I feed them information, like, look, check out this program, do this, do that. Um, and so I do the same thing with my family, whether it's my, my husband and kids or with my, you know, external family, um, a little bit farther out with my cousins and everybody else, I, I keep trying to just find their strengths and, and, um, help push them a little bit if they they need help pushing and that's great because you always need a pusher on the sidelines because it's that pusher that plants the seeds but later on someone else is going to come along and water it and fertilize it and etc but you may never know the effect that you have on that person because they're going to go on to impact and change lives but you were that person that catapulted it because yeah. you were brave bold and courageous to plant those seeds yeah. and you talked about your husband and I was like oh my gosh it's almost like faith because y'all are both from a medical background have you thought about having your husband on Comfort Kills Media as a spin and just having like a really open dialogue about the medical field or maybe just seeing where he's at and where he wants to go? Have you thought about that? But in a non-biased way without yeah. you being his wife. Right, right. You know, great. Um, 
great question because I've actually had him on the show uh, for Veterans Day. I ended up doing a Veterans Day special and I had him on the show. And I think we learned a lot about each other, right? Because now I actually had him film in the room next to me because we couldn't figure out how to do it together in the same room because we're so, you know, used to virtual stuff these days. And so I had him sit in the other room and all we're having is the same candid dialogue back and forth. I had a few questions. I made sure each of the family members had a question to surprise him with. So I asked each of their questions on the show and he's just having to, you know, impromptu answer these questions. No preparation, nothing. Nobody gets preparation on my show. I just ask the questions and whatever comes out your mouth is your answer. Um, so he got zero preparation as well. Um, but I learned so much about him just asking him about like his life as a veteran, you know, what he would suggest to anybody who's interested in joining the military, you know, how from his perspective now as a parent and our son's getting ready to become of age, what do you, what do you think about that? Like, that's so crazy. We joined the military at 18 and, you know, we've done that. And then actually I have one in the works right now. I have a World War II veteran that we're going to interview for this. Yeah, yeah, because they're not, there's not very many around anymore, but we're going to interview him. And I'm actually having my husband do the interview because I, you know, A, my husband has mad, we all do. We have mad respect for our older veterans. World War II veterans are so far and few between these days that we wanted to, um, I had an opportunity from one of my previous guests, his grandfather uh, is a World War II veteran, which happens to be his aunt works with me. And so it, it's a long story, but <laughs> We are, I'm going to have my husband do the interview and we're actually going to have to set up to go over to his house and do the interview process with him in live. So that's going to be really fun. I'm very excited about that. That is so, so cool. And I'm so glad that your husband was actually on your show. You'll have to send me that link so I could check it out. For sure. And being, because I, I know you and your husband are from two different places. Where are you? Where is your husband from again? He's from the state of New Mexico, right on the Colorado border in the Southwest. Did you ever find it challenging to be from a Vietnamese background, mm -hmm. married to an American? Because I'm not sure if they say this in your culture, but in my culture, if you're Caribbean and South American and you marry an American, they're like, oh, they're American or something. Not that it's like a big deal, right. but the cultures are so different, Yeah. but then they, so they only focus on the difference both instead of focusing on the similarities. Yeah. Has that been something trying when you and your husband got together? Absolutely. Um, and I won't go into too many details because I feel like I may divulge something I shouldn't. But um, definitely, I, I think, you know, from my mom's perspective, perspective. So my mom and dad divorced right before my husband and I met and got together and we married pretty quickly shortly after meeting. Um, and we've been together almost 20 years, it'll be 20 years next month. And my mom was just kind of like at that point in her life where relationships suck and she just wasn't interested. So her response was, whatever, you do the American thing, you go get married, it doesn't mean anything 20 years from now he'll divorce you like, in her mind, she's just like do what you got to do. Yeah, and she was so over it. Um, so she didn't really give me guidance. She didn't say pump the brakes. It's too soon. You're too young. None of the above. Um, so we we pushed forward and got married just as of the piece I was 19. He was barely um, 18, just getting ready to turn 19. So we were both extremely young, which is why now we have graduating kids and we're getting ready to retire with kids that are out the house and we're like not even 40. So <laughs> I know it's really exciting, but we definitely, um, lots of 
differences because he comes from the Southwest culture, which is very strong in Spanish culture, strong in Native American culture. And then I come from this fused American Asian culture where I picked up what I picked up growing up in DC. And then I still have what my mom tried to teach and instill in me that's tradition and, and Vietnamese culture too. So it was very different. And even raising the kids, you know, we are two different religions. Um, we don't raise our kids to pick one or the other. We just raise our kids to respect and understand them all. And then, you know, when they one day find their, the love of their life and get married, they'll have to choose then, you know, if they want to push religion or teach religion to their kids and which religion route would they go? Because there's so many different variations. They're not always going to meet the same person with the same religious um, beliefs. So we always raise them to be super open-minded um, in that sense. And so it's been interesting, but I think it's been, it's been good for us. I mean, something as simple as, I'm not sure if you have this issue, Genesis, but like my husband's side of the family, cousins are cousins. When your cousin has a cousin, they're still cousins, but now they're second cousins. So like, to me, that's the American way. In my side of the family, when my cousins have kids, I'm auntie, you know? And so I promote to auntie and my cousin's kids are now my nieces and nephews. And so that's been challenging for my kids as they were growing up. They're like, well, how come on this side, they're cousins, but that's her baby and that's dad's cousin. Then over here, that's her baby and that's mom's cousin. But now that's my, that's your niece and nephew. So it, it gets really, you know, just Asian culture, we promote a generation we promote. And then in my husband's culture, you become second and third cousins. And so it's, <laughs> it's been challenging. That has been challenging for me too, because my husband is Black American. And so he does like what what you, uh, what your culture promotes, like aunties and different stuff like that. And so I had to like relearn because we went to a family gathering and someone said, well, no, that's his cousin. So they were kind of giving me the family tree. But then in my brother, my brother's wife, they're Cameroonian. So they have the same uh, culture, a little bit similar to the Vietnamese culture where they promote there. Then my other brother is married to an Indian. So it's oh, like wow. so many different cultures. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Why can't you just say that's a cousin, that's an aunt, that's something? Because it's like, you have to like yeah. kind of figure it out and you don't want to offend anyone. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot that's being pulled out. And then early on when I was growing up, my brother dated someone um, from Vietnam so she was Vietnamese she was actually our next door neighbor and it, they had like a great relationship but it wasn't until their their well yeah her family had came over and I guess they didn't really like the interracial dating Aww. so then that started to wreak havoc but then me growing up like they were our next door neighbors and we became friends. So I went everywhere with the mom. And can you imagine like a little brown girl going everywhere with the Vietnamese family, the looks yeah. that you get. Oh and <laughs> I just learned, like my parents told me not to see color or whatnot. And when my dad mm -hmm. passed, like they showed up and we've known them for so long. And oh. some of them showed up and not even my dad's brothers and sisters for various reasons. Wow. And I was like, that's my family. People are asking who they were. I was like, oh, the Vietnamese people, that's my family. I said, oh, the, the Hispanic people, that's my family. Mm -hmm. Because those were the people that we grew up with, like in a mixed environment. Yeah. And I said, your family doesn't just have to be blood. You know, yeah. there's other people outside that treat you just like family. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that you talked about that because it's so important because I think that's part of comfort kills because sometimes right. we get so 
so comfortable listening to what our family has instilled in us. And it may not always be the right thing because times have changed. Mm -hmm. The world is evolving and we must evolve as we begin to learn and grow and become more of an individual. So what would you say is on the cusp of Comfort Kills Media since we're going behind the scenes? I just don't want to but I want to hear about the woman behind Comfort Kills because you are truly becoming who you created to be. Thank you. Thank you. Right now, I, I, as I learned about myself more and more with each individual guest that I've met, I am putting pen to paper. And what I'm doing is I am going through the chronicles and I am looking at each of the guests that I've met and how each of them and the interview had impacted me and how I learned about myself while I learned about them. So Genesis, for example, our episode and speaking about diversity, equity, inclusion, that taught me so much. That along with one of the ones from another guest that I had, Becky, who was born with dwarfism, taught me so much about how to be inclusive, right? So I I felt like I was never at what I would consider like a disadvantage where I always felt or ever felt kind of in that weird bubble of being excluded because of being Asian American. Fortunately for me, working in the healthcare world, I think there's plenty of um, diversity that we really don't see a whole lot of that. But in speaking to you, it made me learn so much more about myself. There were things about my childhood growing up that I felt those types of exclusion moments and those types of nobody asked me what I needed. Nobody, nobody, took nobody was proactive enough to say what can we do to help this Vietnamese family that doesn't speak any English you know and so there were things about that that I learned there were conversations that I've had with people who were cancer survivors and I for the first time ever revealed that I was once a cancer you know I survived cancer as well but I never spoke about it because I just I guess in my mind I was like I don't want to be a victim you know and and I wasn't being a victim I think I was just shielding myself from the truth of of how much it hurt me um I've, I've exposed so much on my channel that I'm kind of afraid if my kids ever actually went through and listened to every single episode what they learn about me but I've learned so much that I think I'm putting at this point pens to paper and I'm, I'm connecting the dots of where I learned why did I join the military people ask me that all the time I'm like because I did because it just seemed naturally right at 18 years old but I learned about myself that it had a lot to do with my parents being Vietnamese refugee, my dad, South Vietnamese army working alongside American troops. And I realized a year into my podcast now that the reason why I joined the military 20 years ago, 21 years ago, was because I wanted to pay back the US government and the the people of the United States, something that they did for us and the lives that they lost. That was my way to pay back. And so it, it was really interesting. And so those bits and pieces. And as people are asking me questions too, I'm, I'm learning so much about myself and I didn't even know it. And thank you so much for being vulnerable and just really sharing that. And three things that really jumped out that I want to impart into you is don't be afraid to talk about anything that you have went through because it made you who you are because it didn't break you you made it through and you're still standing for a reason because it's your story it's your voice it's your power that's going to go on to help change a life and it's that resilient and grit that you have because when the going was getting tough when the days may have been dark and gloomy, there was still a light inside of you where that light was guiding you to finish the fight and run the race that you were created to run. Then for paying back the 
U.S. for what they did for you and your family. I want to salute you and I want to thank you for serving and protecting our country because sometimes people see the military and they may see it as a negative because of some of the things they heard on the media and sometimes mm -hmm. the media could flip things but there's always two sides of a coin mm -hmm. just like there's two sides of a story but because you chose to serve and protect your country even though your Vietnamese American shows that it's not just about me but it's about the lives that I'm going to serve and protect mm -hmm. as well as the impact because you're being grounded for your for your generation as well as future generations to come and those are the people that are coming besides and behind you mm -hmm. and for you just creating comfort kills media as well as being a nurse leader who is fighting for people day in and day out while being on the front lines and you see a lot of things you hear a lot of things you may save a life you may lose a life never stop fighting for those who can't fight for themselves and you never know how your service in a hospital setting is speaking to somebody and they may never tell you thank you but I'm mm -hmm. telling you thank you because it's people yeah. like you who make it easier for people like me who have family members that go into the hospital setting and it's so important that you don't cut corners and you really mm -hmm. you know remain positive because someone needs that positivity smile even when it hurts because a smile is contagious always remain Dr. Jazz and be true to yourself even if they don't call you Dr. Jazz that's what you earned so wear it and wear it well put on that white coat and say you know what I did this and there's going to be another Vietnamese American girl or another Vietnamese boy or someone that I'm giving hope for because they may not have had a fighting chance if they didn't see somebody that looked like you mm -hmm. thank you so there's so many incredible things I could say about you, Dr. Jazz, and I really, really do appreciate the, appreciate the vulnerability because that's what it's about going mm -hmm. behind the scenes of Comfort Kills Media. People may see the brand, but they may not take the time to get to know the woman behind the brand, and that's important. Thank you so much, Genesis. I really appreciate that. Oh. <laughs> Are there any lasting are there any last remarks or words that you would like to say to the listeners as well as the viewers to help motivate them to get up off that couch, mm -hmm. put, take that leap of faith <laughs> and kill that comfort so they could be an overcomer? That's right. You know, just do your best, do what you can do, but be authentic to yourself. Don't try to, don't try to copy anybody. Don't try to do something that's different, that that's already been created. You know, be you, be authentically you take something that somebody's already done and just spin it. Right. So, you know, Genesis, I think it's amazing what you're doing, what you've done so far and thus far leading up to this, everything you've been doing, I've been paying attention to and, and uh, you know, you're giving people a voice where there wasn't a voice before. So very much appreciate that. And, and thank you, of course, giving me this platform to just be able to tell my story and just you know, a little bit of it and sharing it with the world. Anytime, you're definitely going to have to come back for another segment because we really got a deep dive and you can't really, <laughs> you can't really go scuba diving in just 30 minutes and expect right. to see all the beauties in the ocean. So exactly. you definitely are coming back and I want you to tell my listeners as well as viewers once again who you are, how mm -hmm. they can connect with you on social media and just tell them one quote or staple that you live by. 
Oh, wow. So my name is Dr. Jazz, also known as Jasmine Sandoval. Um, where you can find me is either drjazzspeaks.com or comfortkillsmedia.com. Either of those will help redirect you to my different social medias and everything. And I think the thing that I just want to leave everybody with at the end of the day is just be organically you. You know, don't try to be somebody who's not you. Don't try to do something that's different. Um, that doesn't feel right to you, you know, don't do what somebody tells you to do either. Don't follow the prescribed path if it doesn't feel organic to you. So just be organically you. Boop, boop. And mm. there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kent. You just heard Dr. Jazz, aka Jasmine Sandoval of Comfort Kills Media. Make sure you go connect with her. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kent. Share the audio link that's on anchor, anchor.fm as well as all the major podcast platforms. And don't be a stranger. Feedback is a gift. So you could always send a voice note so you can let us know how we did as well as help us grow. Until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots mm -hmm. of blessings. Signing out, Genesis Amaris Kent.